Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their have you gotten wrong yet? What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker and Patrick Brown and Ben McKee coming to you from Neyland Stadium, where Tennessee has ended the losing streak against Florida. The 11th ranked volunteers uh, hold on, I think is probably a good way to put it, to a 38-33 to win over the 20th ranked Gators before a, a packed house, checkerboard uh, end zones, checkerboard in the stands, lots and lots of excitement, uh, you know, not a great start to the game, a pretty rancid ending to the game. But by and large, we're going to kick all that to the to the to the second uh, segment, guys, because I think we got a lot to talk about. The fact that Tennessee has beaten Florida, it's been a long time coming, and there's no win over Florida that this program should not celebrate. Yeah, Wes, this is this is new. I don't want to say new territory, but Tennessee just hasn't had a lot of this lately. This is only their second win against Florida since 2004. Their records against their other rivals, if, if the big three that you're judged on, and, and Josh Heupel has kind of openly admitted this, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee's lost a lot of games to those teams over the past several years. Um, and so they needed to win one of these games. And um, and Tennessee's going to be a top 10 team probably on, on Sunday when the rankings come out. So that's, again, got to go back to 2016, that, that Tennessee started 4-0, that they've been ranked this high, that they've beaten Florida. So there's a lot to, to nitpick, and, and I know some of you – my, your heart rate still might be a little uh, high from the end there, uh, which is understandable. Tennessee was going to let you just you know have a nice, easy seven to eight-minute celebration of a win against Florida. They had to make it interesting there at the end. But uh, just an outstanding day for this program with College Game Day being here. The scene was electric. The crowd was loud. Uh, the celebrations at the end were relief and joy, and, and it's it's everything that, uh, that you want in, in your football program, and Tennessee hasn't had a lot of that lately. So it should be a day for, for celebration, a night for celebration for fans and, and everyone with the program. Yeah, I think it's easy because the, when the last thing you see, Ben, is, is the way that that game ended those final couple minutes, what you're thinking most likely is, um, well, what the hell's going on here? You're probably thinking like your Apple Watch is telling you to breathe. I mean, things are not looking great. But, but let's, let's take just a step back. And think about what this weekend was for Tennessee. A lot of major media, national media, were in town. College game day in town. Other national outlets in town. You got 102,000 people in the stands. People showing up like on Tuesday, Wednesday to get ready for this game. Uh, A big, big chance for Tennessee. A Tennessee team that's had some chances in recent years to do things like this. Uh, And today was able to do it. And I don't think that should be lost on anyone is 
they, they put on a hell of a show this weekend. And, and if a football program is the front porch for your university, if it's for, you, you know, a lot of the pride around this area, you got one done. You beat you beat Florida. And I think that you got to be better moving forward. But there's a lot to celebrate about this weekend, I think. Today was a statement by Tennessee football is what it is. I know this Florida football team isn't very good, but who cares? Tennessee beat Florida for the sixth time in my 27 years on this earth. So, And, and I know that there are many out there who have similar statistics uh, is, is why I kind of reference my age. But uh, to, today was just absolutely huge uh, for the football program, for East Tennessee, for Knoxville. And, and it started with game day and, and just the aerial shots that game day was able to produce of, of campus and, and Knoxville and Henley Street Bridge and, and the Tennessee River. And uh, I, I know there were a lot of hoopla outside of Knoxville about Oh, they should have gone to Kansas and Duke. Okay, cool. You know Bump why they came? Noise. You, you know why they came to Knoxville because of the crowd that it had, and the crowd that it had on Friday during College Football Live and the Pat McAfee show, and and all the little hits, the TV hits that it did. It, it was a great representation of of what Knoxville is, of what Tennessee is, and and it too often gets a bad rap because of whether or not Tennessee get, gets a, a a win on the football field, <laughs> and, and that's not really fair to to. Knoxville as a whole, the, the university as a whole. And I, I tell you what, you, you talk about big for the entire university. I see Tony Vitello down on the field celebrating with Mike Eckler as if he's an assistant coach on the staff. You, you don't think it's big for Tony Vitello? He had double-digit recruits on campus. Rick Barnes had double-digit recruits on campus, and, and same for softball and soccer and so on and so forth. It's huge for those programs as well. But, Wes, more importantly – it is a football game, so it is huge for the football team as well because it had a billion recruits, and not just recruits on campus, high-level recruits. Maybe not in this particular 2023 class, but several five-stars in the 2024 class and, and prospects in the 2025 class that are, are, are going to be five-stars as well. And uh, to me, Wes, he, he's still going to have to prove some more down the road uh, against better teams, but you had to beat Florida – as they are currently constructed. You just had to. It, it's really as simple as that. And, and to me, it shows the progress of Josh Heupel. And to me, it's a sign of things to come. Yeah, we, we just got done with the post-game press conference, I don't know, about half an hour or so ago. It's at times a, a difficult construct to follow on, on weekends like this. But, but I think it was about half an hour ago as we're talking now, recording this, that, that we heard that. And two things really kind of stuck out, stood out to me in terms of just what this weekend meant and, and what this is all about. And one of them was Latrell Bumpus talking about, you know, there's been a lot of games like this that I've been here six years. The, the, there's been a lot of games that we've been one or two plays away from winning a game like this. And we got one today and it feels really good. It, it kind of felt like uh, at the office when, when Kevin's talking about, you know, the parking situation, he's like, you know, just feels good to win one. I think it does. It does feel good. And I think secondly was a question that I, I forget who asked Heupel after the game, but talked to him about how he thought his players handled what was a really unusual game day and unusual weekend in, in Knoxville uh, here on campus. And, and Heupel stopped the reporter dead in his tracks, not in a rude way, but was like, Hey, you know, this is Rocky top, right? This is what it's supposed to be. It hadn't been like that all the time in the past few years, but this is Tennessee. Look around you. This is what this is, is supposed to be. And, you know, it, it, he's right. This is what it's supposed to be. Yeah, and, and I thought something that Heupel did that was really good this week was starting out the week, says you're not going to be able to block out all the noise, all the yeah. hoopla around this game. You've, you've set yourself up for this, this opportunity, this stage. 
embrace it. And, and something he even told the team, he said after their walkthrough, I guess, at the hotel today before they came to campus, it was like, it's going to be amazing. Enjoy it. Soak it in. You know, you, some, sometimes these coaches are so robotic that they expect their maybe, maybe their players to be robotic too and just singular focus, all that stuff. Like all the hay is in the barn at this point. You, you've done this. Like you, you've gotten this program this quickly to a point where it has game day. It has this crowd. It has this atmosphere. Uh, it has this this scene for the fall walk, which um, it was players. Heupel said it surpasses expectations. Best one he's been a part of all that. It, enjoy it. And I thought that, that helps your team play loose. And Tennessee hasn't always played loose in this game. Now, they weren't perfect. But they definitely, they definitely weren't loose down the stretch. Maybe no, they'll lose. I don't know. Maybe, you know, well, I mean, the other team makes plays too. I mean, that was a pretty good recovery on the outside kick when the kid's running and one hands it Deion Grant style. So, um, you know, stuff happens. But, you know, they came out, they, you know, Florida had some, you know, there were some back and forth, some counter punches, and, and Tennessee just kind of, you know, saved the course. They kept competing and kept playing. Florida did too. To give them credit down the end, we'll get, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, too many times Tennessee has given, gotten to this sort of precipice point and maybe face planted. And with Florida being the opponent this weekend, it was like perfectly set up for Tennessee to face plant. Now they almost threw it away at the end, but uh, they get the job done. They get the win. And, and now you get an extra week to enjoy it uh, and sort of reset. And, and when you win these games and you're up in the rankings and you're undefeated, every game gets bigger and bigger from now on. So that that's what this, that, that's what these players and the staff have created for themselves. And uh, it's something I wrote is just, Enjoy the ride. Enjoy it. Keep dreaming about what the rest of the rest of the season could look like. Uh, you've got a team that plays hard. You've got a great quarterback that's going to make you really look really good when maybe some other parts aren't good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this was a huge day for this program, and, uh, and Tennessee took advantage of it. Yeah, and, and as for the game itself, because, I mean, we could talk about the importance of the win, and we'll talk about it again on Monday since it's going to be a bye week. I mean, there's lots of time that, that we're going to have to go over all this. But a, as for the game itself, I would have to go back and think about it um, as I guess the resident hashtag old guy around here, but I don't know how many better quarterbacking performances in a single game I've seen from a Tennessee quarterback than what we saw from Hendon hooker in this football game tonight. Now, now what's interesting is, you know, there's like not many passes. He doesn't hit all day. The one to Warren would have been a touchdown. He doesn't make that one. And you're like, Oh, this is one of those Florida moments where they're going to regret this. No, no, Hendon Hooker goes out there, and as you can hear me crinkling the paper, here are the final numbers. So the important number is Tennessee 38, Florida 33. But here are some other numbers. Hendon Hooker, 22 of 28 passing, 349 yards, two touchdowns. Hendon Hooker running the football, 13 carries, 112 yards, and that's including sacks, and one more touchdown. And I don't know what more you could ask of a quarterback, especially – without his main target in this game. Cedric Tillman did not play in this game. We kind of knew all week he wasn't going to play. That ankle's not in good shape. We'll see what it's like in the next couple of weeks. But he was not going to be able to play in this game. And Hendon Hooker goes out there and delivers one of the biggest quarterback performances, frankly, that that I've seen from a Tennessee player that I can remember ever. A, a fun project this week will be to go back and kind of compare Hendon Hooker performances uh, against the Gators all time. And, uh, again, you, you do have to acknowledge that this wasn't uh, a typical Florida defense. But like you just said, Wes, he, he wasn't doing it with his full arsenal of weapons. I mean, Cedric Tillman's arguably the best receiver in the country. And and credit the receivers for stepping up. Brew McCoy made some big catches. Ramel Keaton made the catch of the year so far, that, that diving catch right before the half. And 
Uh, Patrick made a good point on our post-game huddle. Encourage you to go check that out. But uh, kind of those the, the middle eight, uh, the, the last four minutes of the first half and, and the first four minutes of the second half, that's, that's the portion of the game that won Tennessee the game. And it started by Ramel Keaton's catch uh, producing a 99-yard scoring drive to, to go up 10 into the half. And, and then you come back after half and make it a 17-point game, if, if my memory serves me. Uh, but the, the receiver stepped up, but you still were without Cedric Tillman. And Hooker was still 22 of 28. And over the course of my young lifetime, I, I, I don't remember quarterback performances. I, I'm sure Dobbs had equal uh, performances if we went back and, and looked at the stats, especially in 2016 uh, when he picked up the win. I bet the, the 15 heartbreaking loss when uh, Jawan Jennings threw that pass to him on, on the trick play, if, if kind of just trying to go back and remember, it feels like he played well in that game as well. But uh, two games out of 20 to 30 years isn't, isn't a ton. And, then, and there's some other quarterback performances in there as well. But uh, most importantly, Hendon led Tennessee to a win. And we talked about it on the preview podcast. This was a game in, in which, yeah, he needed people to, to step up and help him. But it was also kind of a game where he was going to have to put the team on his back and, and the offense on his back. And he did that. And this truly is, is not a, a shot at Peyton Manning. But he did something today that Peyton couldn't do. Yes, he did. And, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to rack the brain here. I, I think the thing about Hooker is that there are two words that – you have to be either one or the other to be a great quarterback. You've either got to be efficient or you've got to be explosive. There's no two ways about it. If you want to be a good football quarterback, you want to help your team win games, you got to be either efficient or explosive. To be both at the same time, I mean, th- that was some Lamar-like stuff that he was doing out there today. Just the, when you see a guy the, just the, take over, oh. like Michael Vick used to do, just take over a football game and say – Get on my back, guys. Let's go. That 44-yard run down into the, the red zone was one of the most unbelievable that, plays that, that was, quarterbacks made. Josh Dobbs would have been proud watching that from the sideline because it looked like he was dead to rights. And, and that's something that is such a difference maker in today's college football is not necessarily a quarterback, but guys that, you know, you, you, you scheme up something as a coach, as a pressure, you get a free runner, you get a guy there to make the play, and the other guy just makes a play. That's what Hooker did on that play. He did that so many times today. Uh, and, I mean, Tennessee's offense, what do, they get, what do they end up with? Almost 600 yards of offense? Yeah, both teams did, actually. Um, I think Tennessee, let's see if I can get this right. Tennessee, total offense. Come on, old eyes, come through for me. Uh, 576 I for think Tennessee, they were over 94 for Florida. I think they were. Tennessee was over eight yards of play. Florida ran almost 20 more plays in this game than, I, mm-hmm. than Tennessee. So, uh, Tennessee, the only time Tennessee stopped, was stopped on offense is when they put the ball on the ground or missed the throw. Uh, there was that fourth down that they couldn't get to, to ice the game there at the end, which actually almost turned out to be a pretty big play. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, with this guy at the controls, uh, he just makes everything go. And, and even without Tillman, you know, he, he, something he said in the post game that really stood out to me is that, and we've always heard him say, I trust all my guys. I know my guys will make plays for me. You expect him to say that. But uh, even today, talking about the, the – the play that Keaton made, he's like, I came back from dinner the other night and, and some of those guys are in there working. And that's that's how he knows he has confidence. And they work because they see him work like that. Um, he, he's such an influencer of his teammates on the field, during games, during the offseason when he's the one guy in there that's in there all the time. And he's the perfect guy to be leading your program, perfect guy to be leading this offense. Um, and, and with him there, I mean, if you're Tennessee, you're going to every game thinking, I got a shot because I got five. Um, and, and that's what he did today. 
special performance. Uh, Josh Heibel called it elite multiple times in post game, um, and it deserved to be. Uh, it deserved to win. Ben, you brought up that 2015 game. That was a great game by Dobbs individually. I remember thinking when that happened, when they blew that game, how unfortunate it was that 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 got spoiled for him. It was good that Tennessee didn't spoil this one for Hooker because he was amazing. Uh, and man, he would have. There would have been a lot of eyes on this game because him and Richardson. Richardson's a great quarterback too. Uh, let's give him some credit. Finally, looked like one today for sure. Right, and, and you know this. You know, Florida may have some question marks. He's he's really good though. So, um, and Hooker was was just a little bit better. Um, so, and Hooker was amazing, and and that's you know that's why Tennessee was able to win this game today. Yeah, you, you, when you talk about you know, judging Hooker, one of the things that we just hadn't seen really, or, or at least in a, one of Tennessee's big rivalry games go out there, put the team on your back in a close game like that, you know, go help your team win the game. And he checked that one off the list. He's, he's done that now. And, and so he's such a cool, calm kind of collected guy. It's just, it's impressive to watch him work. And he is exactly what you want your quarterback, your leader to be. But before we go to break, I do want to mention also another guy who I think it might get lost in the shuffle because Hendon Hooker also played a majority of that football game, two and a half quarters with a shoulder. This is Jabari Small because he's a tough kid. Yep, that's where I'm going with this because Hendon Hooker had that – he went into the the tent a couple times. Hendon Hooker had had his throwing shoulder, was bothering him. He was not comfortable at all in the final two and a half quarters of that game. He looked fine, but he he was hurting. The other guy is Jabari Small who has dealt with shoulder injuries. We know that. We know that's an, an unfortunate part of the way things go for him. Last week he goes through that. He, second play of the game, gets hurt. He goes into the first practice this week not knowing whether he's going to be able to play this week. He's going to take a couple of hits and say, okay, is my shoulder going to stay in place or not? How's this going to go? And after the first week, first day of practice, he goes, do not hold me back. Coach Heupel, I have to play in this game. I have to play in this game. And he goes out there, and the sucker nearly got 100 yards. He got, let's see, what did he end up with? 19 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, against a defense that, you know, the offensive line wasn't blocking great sometimes in those running plays, but – he got it done. Ventrell Miller was out there for most of that football game for Florida, helping their defense get a lot better. Uh, he, he got the job done. And when Tennessee absolutely needed it because the running back situation, by God, he did it. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talked about Keaton too. Brew McCoy had a couple big plays. Yes, he did. Uh, and Princeton Fan was the, the the target of the ire early on for the fumble. Had, I think he had a false start that may or may not have been his fault. Yeah. Um, but he came up with some other big plays. I know he had the, the, the run, uh, the, he had a key block on, a, on one touchdown run. He came up with another block on. Hooker's long scramble. He had another catch that got them down to the one. So, I mean, when you when you win a game like this, you need a star, but you also need a lot of the complimentary pieces to step up too. And Tennessee got that. Whether it was a, a tough, you know, toughness guy like Jabari Small, whether it's a guy taking advantage of his opportunity like Ramel Keaton, whether it's guys like Brew McCoy and Jalen Hyatt who didn't have huge games but made big plays at key moments for this offense. To um, you know, when you score thirty eight points on a team, and you probably should have scored fifty, yeah. and you have almost six hundred yards of offense. Hooker's great, but he got a lot of help today. And, and, and again, he, he's the guy that makes it all go. But um, there's a lot of help on uh, on his side of the football. And obviously the system that he's in is, is pretty good too. And while we're driving the Memphis hype train, I also want to mention Omari Thomas who had – I was just sticking of, to the offense. He, he had an enormous, enormous couple of plays in that football game. And he continues to get better every single week. And, and why do I say that now? Because there's a lot of things we're going to say about Tennessee's defense in the second segment that are not going to be so great. But I did want to mention Omari Thomas coming up big time and time again. He is turning into a hell of a football player. Uh, and this was a hell of a weekend, a hell of a night for Tennessee. Lots and lots of good stuff. However, if the goal is to go be a better football team and really compete for an SEC East championship, some, some stuff to work on there. 
So we've gotten the fluff out of the way, the stuff that we had to discuss. It's important. It's needed. But then we're going to take a quick break, step away, pay some bills, listen to product services, in-house ads, et cetera, and then talk about maybe some some less enjoyable things here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Bernie! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker, Patrick Brown, and Ben McKee coming to you from the visitor's radio booth at Neyland Stadium with the, the window still open here on a nice chilly evening in Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, uh, fall is here. Fall is here. The weather's here. Tennessee is beating Florida in football. Uh, the leaves are going to turn soon. Guys, what, what else could you want? Life's pretty good right now. Lots and lots of good things for the Vols and lots more to discuss about that game, about this team, and a lot of other things. Before we do that, though, just a quick uh, quick reminder, quick request from our end. If you could take about a minute, maybe 75 seconds, maybe 90 seconds tops out of your day right now and go in there and subscribe to this podcast, rate and review this podcast, we would really appreciate it. If you're just listening on the website, we love you. Nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. What helps us, helps us out the most is if you go in there, whether you're on uh, – Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod, you can find this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. No complaints, maybe maybe a few complaints, but very few complaints from our end. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there, rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your friends. Uh, you know, tell people, you know, you go to church in the morning, you play golf with people in the morning, you you see people around town, you, you walk your dog, same place others, another Tennessee fan does. You, you know, just, just anybody you see in orange, even if, even if they're not your friend, even if you don't have friends, Go up to somebody wearing orange and say, you know what? I wish you were my friend because I don't have any friends. But uh, please listen to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. If you're already doing all those things, thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Tennessee did a lot of good things in this football game, particularly offensively. Made a couple mistakes offensively, um, but a lot more good than bad offensively. I think we can all say that. You score 38 points in a game like this, you put up nearly 600 yards of total offense in a game like this, 
you've done your job. Then there's the other side of the ball. And when it needed to play at the end of the game, a couple plays in the second half, got the turnover forced, got, got, a, got a stop on the, on the final couple of plays there. Not their fault that an onside kick was recovered by the other team. That's on special teams, not defense. You can't pin the whole thing on them. But, guys, Florida had almost 600 yards of total offense. Anthony Richardson looked like a first-round draft pick again, even though he hadn't done that really much all year. Even against Utah, the pass was okay. It was more the run. Today it was everything with that guy. And Tennessee's defense in space, still problematic. Tennessee getting off the field on third and fourth downs, still problematic. Uh, a lot to celebrate from this win. I guess I'll go to Ben first, but 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 a lot of a lot of things you're going to have to clean up too if you really want to be contending for the ICC East. Right, and offense, there is things to clean up. Uh, the the Princeton fan false start on the opening drive, if that was on him, as Patrick pointed out earlier, uh, the fumble, which was also a good play by the defender as well. It was. It was. That, that, that's a fair uh, thing to point out as well. There, there are things to clean up for sure on the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball, I don't know if the things that plague Tennessee against Florida on Saturday can be cleaned up with this particular group of personnel. The, the front seven, I, I was disappointed that, that they weren't more disruptive. I, I do think that Florida offensive line is pretty solid, but I, I didn't see enough Tyler Barron. Uh, I, I, Byron Young stepped up towards the end of the game, but it took too long, at least watching it live and, and just how it felt watching it. Felt like it took a, a minute for Byron to, to get going. Amari uh, Thomas was tremendous. I, I think he's made a lot of money uh, here in the, the first month of the season. Uh, Bryson Eason was also getting in on the mix. DeJon Terry made some plays. But I expected the, the front seven, and more specifically the defensive line, to be more efficient, more consistently tonight and that wasn't the case so I do think you can clean that up I, I think the defensive front is capable of more but <laughs> the secondary I just don't think that you can clean up the secondary because I, I think it's a personnel issue and, and there, there's plenty of time to belabor this point and um, I mean it, it contributed to the game and, and why it came down to the wire but Anthony Richardson could not throw the ball to, to save his life the past two weeks and, and look he's certainly capable of throwing the ball the, the way that he did tonight but I, I think Richardson tossing the pigskin around tonight for 453 yards was more uh, about Tennessee's lack of personnel and talent in the secondary the safeties just kind of are what they are I like to Marion McDonald I like Kamal Haddon but other than that you just you just don't have anything maybe the one thing you can clean up Wes uh, is D. Williams getting healthy, and that's like a, a trade deadline addition. Yeah. Maybe he can solve some issues. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I think the three guys standing on the sideline tonight, Christian Conyer, Ricky Gibson, Jordan Matthews, the, those are the guys that are going to help clean up the issues in the secondary. You, you, you just need better players. I, I think it's that simple. Yeah, I would also desperately look in the portal for a safety also in the offseason to try to get a veteran from another team, maybe another guy to come over and help because I do think – uh, Jordan Thomas in the future is a player who I think is going to have a really nice career at Tennessee. I, he's just really big, strong, rangy, athletic. Um, but in terms of what they got now, they're just not good in space. And if you want to be a good secondary, you kind of can't be bad in space. That's where you play. That's where you operate. Uh, and they're they're just not they're they're well, just not very good there. And, and we thought Patrick, we, we go into the season and we think, you know what? Maybe it's not that bad. They've had another year. They're older have another year of strength and conditioning, maybe they can turn this thing around. Uh, well, it's, it's getting it's, hard to say that. It's the same It's the same argument that's been for, I mean, even before the staff got here, it's the lack of dudes. 
Like they just don't have guys that are going to tear you, uh, you know, be tears off the edge. They don't have guys that are just going to be locked down corners. It's just not, they just don't have those guys. And so literally every play, every third down, every kind of key moment, it's like, okay, if you're Tim Banks, what are you doing? Are you, are you sitting in six? Are you sitting, are you rushing three or four and playing coverage? Cause uh, Tennessee seems to be better when they go after people. We saw it against mm-hmm. Pitt in the second half. We saw it at the end of this game when, when, uh, that's kind of that's kind of Tennessee's default at the end of games when they're trying not to give something up late. We saw it at the end of the, pit, at the, end of the pit game. We saw it at the end of the Kentucky game last year. We saw it the last few plays after Florida recovered the onside kick. They're sending six. They're sending both linebackers, and they're saying, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down. Like a snake in a corner. Being aggressive. They're going right. to come. They're gonna come and it, it paid off because it creates one-on-ones because usually you have five offensive linemen and a running back. And so you're saying, all right, somebody – is going to win at one, you know, somebody's going to win a one on one at some point. They just don't have enough guys that can do that when they rush four. Um, and, and, you know, I, I thought they were maybe a little too conservative. I thought maybe they worried about Richardson just run all over him, which, if you watch the Utah game, was probably sensible def- defense. But sure. um, I thought so many Once it became I, I thought, clear, you couldn't guard them outside. I, well, and that's the other thing is, is the other thing they can't cover. I mean, even when they, you know, I remember there was a fourth and three that Florida went for inside their own 30. And, Justin Shorter just runs right past Kamal Haddon, who's Tennessee's best corner. He had an up and down day today, but like he's their best corner. And, and none of the guys that have come in and replaced Warren Burrell have already done anything. So maybe we ease off him a little bit. So, uh, that's but true. that's just the dilemma that this defense has. They are what they are. He would not have made plays today. That's another discussion for another time. But, the peanut gallery in the back has spoken. But but that's just they they this defense has to live off turnovers and situational football. Like they, they did that today, right? They made the play on the fourth and two early on. Shout out Elijah Simmons. I give Wes's guy some some hard some hard times. Took on three dudes. He but, didn't even care. But Anthony didn't even care. Yeah, like, Easton was in there too. Like ben. a big old fat honey badger. He and, didn't care at all. Richardson ran right into three of his offensive linemen because those two dudes did not give an inch. Simmons got double teamed. Didn't go anywhere. Uh, Dejan Terry made some nice plays. Uh, the big play with Amari Thomas just sticking a hand in there, knocking a ball. That that was a huge play because that point it was it was basically a tennis match. Who's going to break serve? Because at some point, that's what was going to need to happen for anyone to get separation or Florida to go from down 10 to up, whatever. So um, they, they have to – when they get Florida first and 22, you gotta you got to get out of that sequence. And instead, they gave up a 16-yard pass playing soft zone. Easy, easy. Uh, and then the other – you know, they get a, a penalty on a kickoff. Florida starts to drive with their four. It's third and nine, and, and you run a sub – that, that, I think that was a bad coaching move because they ran a, a, their pass rushers on late. It seems like they never really got confused. That was like the only straight handoff and, play that went Florida, well before. And Florida, ran, Florida runs off tackle for nine. Now, Trayvon Flowers had a chance to make a play there, maybe stop him short. He doesn't. He, you know, Flowers is what he is. But that, that to me, you, sh- you can't give up off tackle and have that much space on third and nine. Those are the situation. All the fourth downs. Florida was, what, five of six on fourth down? Yes. Those are the moments that are going to define the Cincy defense. They're not going to go out there and force a bunch of three and outs. They're not going to go out there. They've got to live on turnovers, and they've got to take advantage of those situations. And the problem with those situations is that they don't have guys that are just going to wreck you. They just don't have guys that can lock guys up in coverage. They don't have guys that are just going to blow up the line and make a big play off the edge. They just don't have those guys. They've got some guys who could be. You know, been talked about Byron Young. We, you know, Tyler Barron didn't start well, today. Josh but Joseph's had a really things. nice play off the edge. Josh today. Joseph's had a nice play, and and there were some plays where against another quarterback, it might have been a sack. But Richardson is so strong that he's able to have two guys draped over him and chuck the ball in the stands. So this defense is what it is. I've I feel like I've said this a hundred times. Where this is their dilemma. This is what they have to live with. It's their bed. They're making it. They're trying to do it better. They're trying to bring in more difference makers on defense. 
Um, you know, could they try some new guys out of the open date? We'll see. Uh, in the secondary, they kind of have who they have and they trust who they have. So, uh, you know, it, it's not going to be an easy fix. They're just going to have to live this way. And, and it may cost them some games, but uh, they also may that the sort of the life of this Tennessee defense is they're probably going to give up a lot of yards, probably going to give up a lot of points, but you can point to three or four plays in the game that turn out to be big when they make those plays. And that's just what they're going to have to live by. The good news is they got an offense that go out and get 600 yards and 40 points and play and leave points on the field and still do those things. Yeah, the, I think if if you want to say something good about that defense, a lot of times they, it's not like they're lost. You know, the, when you're talking about just pure straight up, yeah, Florida had a bunch of busts today. Yeah, when you're talking when you're talking about like pure straight up, do you know what your assignment is, and do you know, you know, can you can you stop the play right in front of you? I think Florida's running backs today, if my math is right, Florida's running backs who have been a pretty salty group for a lot of this season, by the way had 79 yards on 25 carries. That's what Florida's running backs did today. That They did their job there. And we talked about that one, like, 10- or 12-yard run on that off-tackle there on third and nine. That was one of the only straight handoff plays that Florida had that went right all day long. It just – it was – it's tough for them. Tennessee will plug you up in the middle, and if you run right at them, they're, pretty, they're probably going to get you on the ground. They're pretty good at that. Anything else on defense is a mystery, and it is not good because uh, Florida's passing game – Again, Anthony Richardson, no touchdown passes in the first three games. And not only Richardson, but they don't have any good receivers. No, right, Shorter, right? Shorter was a five-star prospect. He's supposed to okay, be good. Pearsall's not bad. Who I mean, cares if you're okay. a five-star prospect if you haven't done anything for five years? That's true. You're not, you're, you you were not properly ranked, in my opinion, if if that's the case. And I, I think Ricky Pearsall's a, a solid receiver. We talked about that on the Tennessee podcast. Tennessee like to have him. Going in, yes. Now, I don't think he'd start with Jalen Hyatt, but he would definitely – play that is for sure but it point being it's not a a florida receiver room that has the Kadarius tonys and and all the freak receivers that we've seen at florida over the years and they, they were still making plays that they have not made to this point in the season so uh, again i just kind of think the third level of the defense is what it is uh the second level of the defense and i'm more so speaking about the inside backers i think it just kind of is what it is in coverage as well. I like I, I what I saw from John Mitchell a couple of times. In coverage? He was, really good in, no, he, was, he, was, he was good in physical against the run. He um, yes, but I'm talking about in coverage. Yeah, none of them are In good coverage, there. the second and the third level of the defense just is what it is. And in, in a sense, you're going to have to hold your breath against Jaden Daniels at LSU, Bryce Young, Stetson Bennett, Will Levis. You're just going to have to hold, hold your breath. And why, why are you giving me that look, Patrick? Will Levis. Will Levis is, is a very talented quarterback that is capable of beating you if you let guys run free the way that Tennessee secondary does. Uh, He's also not going to run away from people the way that the, Richardson does. Yes, it's it, – it's, okay, this is a separate conversation, but Will, Will Levis is a, a quarterback, a pro prospect for a reason. Uh, and, and we'll leave it at that and save the Levis talk for – I do think he's a bit overrated. I don't think he's number one quarterback off the board. But we'll, yes. we'll, we'll get to the Levis conversation on, on down the road. But my point is that, like, there are plenty of quarterbacks on Tennessee's roster that, quite frankly, they're going to carve up Tennessee through the air because the second and third level of the defense just is what it is. But what Tennessee is going to have to continue to do all year, and they did it, did it tonight early, the first two possessions – when Florida was moving the ball pretty much at will, they played bend but don't break defense. Got the stop on uh, fourth down. Florida missed a kick. Uh, and then later in the game, they, they were able to force turnovers. That's what this this defense is going to have to do. And, and Wes, I, I'm glad that you brought up Tennessee's ability to stop the run tonight because as bad as the, the passing defense was, I was very impressed by the 
the rushing defense. I, I did not think that they were going to have as much success as they did. And, and part of that was me being impressed with Florida's running game. The, their backs, and again, like I said earlier, Florida has a, a pretty solid offensive line. I thought they'd have more success on the ground uh, than they did. But now that's two games, Patrick, in which Pitt has a, a pretty decent rushing attack. Florida has a pretty decent rushing attack, and, and Tennessee's bottled it up. So as frustrating as the passing defense was, I, I do think there's something extremely positive that you can take away from tonight, and, and that's the rush defense. Yeah, and, and been listening to you explain it that way. It makes me wonder, maybe that was the game plan. Maybe the game plan was, hey, we're not going to let Florida run all over us, play, you know, control the clock, and, and if Anthony Richardson throws for a bunch of yards on us, he hadn't proven he could done it. Uh, he could do it. We did it tonight, but, uh, I mean, coming into the game, knowing what we knew – Friday afternoon, is that the craziest thing? We're not going to let Florida run it? No, I think all of a sudden, and, and Anthony Richardson beat you with his arm. And, I mean, turns out he's got a pretty good arm. you know. So I, I think uh, the Richardson that we saw tonight and the Richardson that we saw against Utah are probably the more accurate versions of him. But he's a guy that's still young in his career. He's going to be up and down. So, First road start. But, I mean, again, maybe that, you know, listen to Ben sort of talk that out, how, you know, Florida didn't have any guys, their pass game was bad. I mean, they were bottom of the SEC in pass rating and passing yards by – a wide, wide margin. Why wouldn't you go into this game saying we're going to make if they're going to beat us, if they're going to score thirty three on us, they're going to have to do it throwing. And uh, and again, I, I'd be interested to see. You know, now Florida's going up and down the field on them all game, but I'm sure a lot of those passing yards came late too. And when, when last seven fifty five, you're playing against the clock, playing down multiple scores, and you're having to throw it every every drive, so or every play. So, but yeah, I mean, this defense is what it is, but. It was it was good enough tonight. Yeah, the the bad news is that when Tennessee plays a team that's at least pretty good, Tennessee's probably going to have to score forty points to win. The good news is Tennessee can score forty points just about any week. Uh, this offense can go out there. I mean, when you take a guy like Tillman out of the equation, who is again one of the best receivers in college football, Tennessee's like, all right, we'll just roll Mel Keaton in there, and off we go. It's the same stuff. The same stuff. Got got a got a running back out. Got another one who's got one shoulder. Don't care. Just go out there. Still going to work. Uh, it helps when your quarterback uh, can be Superman. That that helps. That's if there's one thing you can do in college football or really anywhere in football. If you want to offset some deficiencies in your program, your team, and you want to like pick up on some some stuff in some situations, be really good at quarterback. That helps. That helps. Well, you pep, that helps you cover a lot of holes. Well, look in look at long term with this defense. I mean, look at. Like you said, Wes, this offense is going to score. They're going to score on everybody. Who are the Who are the teams that Tennessee are going to play? They're going to be able to legitimately keep pace with with Tennessee. Let's just start at the back of the schedule. Vanderbilt, no. South Carolina, no. Spencer Rattler's been a bad so far. He has no offensive line. Missouri can't score. Georgia can score. That'll be a tough game. Uh, Kentucky, I, I'm not sold on them. They couldn't get 300 yards on this Florida defense. I'm not sold on them, especially coming here. Uh, UT Bama's, Martin. Bama's going to figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, but like, and, and we'll see about LSU, but like, uh, there's a lot of teams on the schedule that you're looking at. And they're like, they're not, even if Tennessee's defense is bad, like, they're not going to be able to score. I know, you know, Kentucky scored 42 on them last year, but, um, yeah, and again, it could, you know, just Rodriguez play, all that. You know, there's so many question marks with, with Kentucky. I don't think they're a good offense anyway. But looking down the road, it's like, you have this offense, you can probably just about win every game. Now, you might have to win some 55-51 mm-hmm. or 38-33, but we kind of knew that when they hired Josh Heupel, didn't we? I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, Tennessee punted zero times in this football game. <laughs> I mean, and you knew, if you've seen anything about everywhere Heupel's been, that, 
these are these are the kind of games. That if, but that's it, it's all right. And, and, it's all right. And, if and you, it's, you go out there and win, man. It's all right. And, and it 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 it's fun. It makes other teams. I mean, Billy Napier probably didn't come into this game thinking I'm going to go for it six or seven times on fourth down. But it became pretty clear early on that he had to. He had to. I mean, there's the only way to keep his team in the game. And there was the one. I think uh, inside the 30 that they went for, it wasn't even like a fourth and one. It was like a fourth and three. I'm like, if you don't get this, you're done. But he clearly had more faith that his offense could get three yards um, than that yeah. his defense would get a stop. That, that was a nuts on that, the table moment. I right wonder there. if that's going to be what we see moving forward. Uh, you know, some of these teams, man, like Alabama probably don't have to do that. Georgia, but like, I mean, is Brian Kelly going to do that at LSU next, in two weeks? I mean, Offensive-minded coach is going to see that, some stuff. He's going to see some stuff in this defense and be like licking his chops. There's no and, question. And and that's you know coaches are going to have to be more aggressive. You're going to have to you know this is going to I'm about to hit you guys with some hard analysis right here. Mm-hmm. It's harder to keep a team from getting a first down on four plays than it is on three. That extra play can be really large, mm-hmm. and we saw that a lot in this game where it's Florida had third and nine, Florida had third and seven. They're going to run a sweep. Anthony Richardson. They're going to get four or five yards, not to get. You know they're not trying to get the first down on that play. They're trying to make it like fourth and manageable. Don't so him, don't don't want him to be a third and long. Right. So that and there were even some second down calls where maybe they didn't get anything on first down or three incomplete pass. And that's what I mean. That it's going to be interesting to see if other teams sort of adopt that sort of balls to the wall, go for broke mentality because that's going to make things harder for this defense. Because again, they're limited. If you run more plays against them, you probably have a better chance of, of succeeding on them. And, and there's also something kind of fun about these. Uh, you know, I picked the wrong day to stop sniffing glue games. And that's what Tennessee is going to play a lot of those because that's just with the way this team is constructed, um, that's just how it's going to be. There might be a game where the other offense is terrible, turns it over three or four or five times, and bad stuff happens, and then it, or bad, you know, the quarterback gets hurt. Those kind of things happen. But generally speaking, uh, that's how it's going to be with Tennessee. But still, guys, Tennessee defeated Florida in a football game today. And I think that is, at least for a few hours, maybe the only thing worth seriously discussing is the fact that, hey, that just happened. Oh, 1,000%. Any, any Tennessee fan complaining about barely beating Florida tonight, just go for a cold swim in the Tennessee River. I, like, seriously. Like, they, <laughs> they've barely beaten Florida the past 20 years, and tonight is not the night to, to be frustrated. And, look, I, I don't think – uh, really, anybody is is going to be seriously upset, but I'm sure there's one curmudgeon out there. And, and if you are that curmudgeon, you, you deserve to step in dog poop tomorrow morning, quite frankly, because it may have felt like Florida was going to win there at the end. I 1,000%. I was on the field at the time. I 1,000% thought that Florida was going to throw a touchdown on the last play of the game, and, and we were going to have to just toss Neyland Stadium into the Tennessee River tonight. I, I thought that was going to be the case. So uh, Tennessee's 4-0. They have a win over Florida, and – uh, you never know. Enjoy Who knows? Life. Yeah, enjoy life. But I'm saying you get you get two weeks to enjoy this one. Absolutely, and you're you're putting yourself in position to play meaningful games in November. That I won't predict that Tennessee is going to go to Atlanta, but you're putting yourself in a position to legitimately play to go to Atlanta. And last thing that I've got, how about Baton Rouge? That is going to be a fun game. I don't, who does that, LSU that, have that, next that's Saturday? Your, that, that's your reward for this. Who, who LSU has Auburn? They should handle business. Next week, theoretically, although that Auburn LSU rivalry can be weird at times, but uh, they got to beat Auburn Jesus too. Which and, Auburn Jesus is tough. It's a tough thing to beat, man. Yes, those those weird, 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 weird games Auburn plays. They are, and look, I'm, I'm looking way ahead, just like I did after Tennessee beat Pitt. But 
man, if, if Tennessee can go handle business against LSU, which I, I think it's a, another similar game in which on paper Tennessee is the better team, and if they play well, they'll win that game. And if they do, they'll be coming back to Knoxville for a top five, top seven undefeated matchup with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, and the only thing you got to do is go to Tiger Stadium and win, So, uh, which, which teams well, have famously had a very easy job doing over the years. But, but hey, go play the if, game. If you're trying to look at positives, it's probably not going to be a night game because – it, that's a CBS doubleheader that day. Oh yeah, and they got. We're not the, we're not insider trading here because we work for CBS. Yeah, but they gotta, don't, don't they gotta, spoil it, Wes. They gotta have the Jimbo fight. Pillow right, fight. the Texas A&M Alabama is that week. It is a CBS doubleheader. That's a night doubleheader. So they're CBS is not gonna even if A&M they're up two on Arkansas as we're recording this, they're not gonna pass on that. So I gotta think Tennessee LSU is gonna be probably the three thirty game. So you might get a day game down there, which I guess is better than a night game. But yes, yes. Less uh, time for the Cajuns to drink is better for you. It's always I'll better take, for you. I'll take Wes's word for it. Are they never not drinking? No, but later in the day, they have more time to. That's, that's, that's the I want to go drink, so let's wrap this podcast up. Let's go on hunt and get out of here. Guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. We still got a lot more to go right and, and, and do, and we're going to go take care of that. But uh, until then, uh, just uh, thanks for listening, and enjoy this one, guys. Enjoy it. Bye. Bye, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say... Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get all of the stuff there or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day, tons of stuff on there, all good stuff. But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap. Go directly to GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial, and that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it. Get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. 
So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than a hundred bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of that now. Uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days, there's been a problem. We should be back here uh, in, in a couple days or so. You'll hear from us very, very shortly. Until then, guys, be good to each other. Be decent to each other. Please, there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore. God, we are so mean to each other. Have some basic human empathy. Allow people their dignity. Try to be kind. Be good to each other. Until then, be good, guys. See you. Where's Wes at? I, he already put my comments out there, so <laughs> he, he had direct quotes. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.